Hello, hello. You're listening to Near Distant, a podcast where we imagine what the near distant future could look like. And today I'm catching up with my friend Rick Johnson, an emerging TikToker phenom phenomenon. And we catch up about Kim Kardashian's legal career, uh, the implication of the Kardashians on the culture um, overall, and what it's like to live in rural communities. So I hope you'll enjoy. Let it rip. All right. Welcome to Near Distant, um, the podcast that's always on hiatus, babe. Um, have I been listening to Bandsplain nonstop recently? And does that mean I cannot stop saying babe? Yeah. So just to give you a little taste of what you're in for, um, today I'm talking with BFF, basically a twin, even though we were born one day and six years apart. Um, Britton Hall Johnson. That's me. Hot Rod BJ. Hot Rod BJ, AKA. <laughs> um, can you introduce yourself as if we weren't born one day and six years apart? I, I'll try. The thing is, is that <clears throat> I haven't been listening to Ben's Blaine, but this whole weekend has been co-opted by the word babe. <laughs> and I was just telling Carly, your little sister, if anyone doesn't know, um, the other day on the phone that I've turned into a baber and I don't know. It just feels right. And she was supportive. Just calling anyone babe. There's something like really nice about it. It's, I have always hated it, but. The thing is, it's like, I can't imagine calling my partner babe. Right. But calling you babe, calling someone I've just met at a party babe, there, it just works for me. I've been using baby a lot too. Like, whoa, let's get a baby. Intimate. <laughs> it's really fun though. Like I like saying it to my dad. <laughs> I'm sure that Will is obsessed with that. I think he is. And um, you know, this isn't a great, you know, description of me, but it's just a anecdote of me. So if I can't give you a history, you can just get to know me through my personality. <laughs> yeah, you get an anecdote of him. You're welcome. Um so some other things that you kind of skipped over in that intro, though, <laughs> is, sure. like, you didn't tell us, like, where you're located, your pronouns, your zodiac sign, like... <laughs> the the bio. Yeah. The hot sheet that Wikipedia wants. The hot rod hot sheet, if you will. <gasps> we will. Um, so I'm a 222 baby, which makes me a Piscean. Um, moon sign in Sagittarius, Scorpio rising. A lot of fun. Um, it's true. Located in Linden, Washington, my hometown. It's fun, rural. Well, fun might be a stretch, but like, it's a nice place. It's a nice place. I was there. Yeah, it's um very pastoral. So it's close to the Canadian border. Yeah, touching. Um, kissing cousins with, you know, whatever language. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, and. What was the other question? Well, I think we can just merge on... Oh, pronouns. Oh, he, him. I mean, but call me anything. Babe. <laughs> <laughs> pronouns, babe. <laughs> babe slash baby. <laughs> Perfect. Love it. Intimate. Um, how are you spending your time up in Linden? Um, so I've been back in Linden for a year. I was living in San Diego for like five years before that. And now I've done a few jobs over the past year. I was doing like lawn care with my uncle for like six months and um i then it so that was fun working with my cousin every day 
living it up in this. No. No. Blake. Fun. Yeah. It was a great time. Pisces, Virgo, duo. Like, getting after the lawns. Dynamic. That's right. So that was good. And then, like, once winter rolled around, it was, like, slowing down. So I needed a new gig. Worked at this place called Lindendor, which is, like... Premier door factory of London. London, England. London. London. Um, So probably the biggest employer in Linden, I think. And they make like three million doors a day. No, <laughs> a no, year. Right? <laughs> and live in to a, tell the tale. In a day, and on like max production, like fifteen thousand. It's a lot of doors. It's a lot of doors. So, I was making doors, commercial doors. Um, you know, throwing the parts together from the glue machine and make like two hundred an hour on that on that line. So fast. Yeah, it's it's. Sweat. That's like more than three doors a minute. It's like actually That's crazy. More than three doors down, babe. You're slapping doors together. Um, <laughs> Gives me a lot of confidence in the doors. <laughs> yeah, it should. Um, so did that for a few months, and I was working like nights. So I was working what like uh, I can't. It's been two months. And I can't. It's not even two months. I can't remember. I like think four, you were working from like like four to one ish. Yeah. Like 4 p.m. to 1 a.m. Um, yeah, 4 p.m. to 1 a.m. So it was fine in the winter, but I was like, summer's rolling around. I want I want my daylight hours. I'm not going to be at work when it's like sunny till 10 p.m. in Washington. Yeah, you like, can't. No, I need a social life again. So I've now working for Will, the big man. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an attorney. So I'm doing like office managerial items, billing kind of things operations yeah and then also like paralegal stuff so i'm doing like i don't know business contracty vibes and some estate planning stuff so a little bit everything yeah just dipping my toe in right now i've been there for like six weeks so yeah hot and fresh hot and fresh a true joy of mine has been you sending um me and carly your ootds your outfits of the day a little corporate razzle dazzle so yeah we weren't getting that at the door factory. <laughs> no, we were at like baggy sweatshirts, work pants, not nothing too hot and exciting. But I did do a like wardrobe overhaul for the new corporate gig. So it's been fun. A lot of polos, prints. Mm-hmm. We, we got a cream pant in there. Like it's looking good, y'all. I'm for summer, I'm trying to like channel a very <clears throat> corporate resort wear vibe. And he's nailing it. It's really fun. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's been looking really good. I've been inspired. I have still been mostly working from home, but now I'm like, when I go into the office, I'm really going to have to serve. Yeah. It's the main joy of going in public is serving. Yeah. So. Throwing fits, as some say. Mm-hmm. I've heard that. I've heard that term. Um, so we're here to talk about the near distant future. We are. Are we not? No, we are. What's the definition of near-distant future? So I think the near-distant future, to me, it's like something that's like closer than five years away. Okay. Closer than three years away, even. I think it's somewhere like in between like six months and like three years. Okay. It's usually what I think with like near-distant. Have you done... <clears throat> have you done an episode of near-distant 
yet, like, since the rebrand from 2023. I recorded one with a friend, but we decided that we didn't love it, so we're going to re-record, but this, yeah, this would be the first. First rebrand. Which is convenient, isn't it? Based on the career pivot we were talking about you potentially taking earlier today. That's true. And I love the rebrand, like the new logo backdrop. Thank you. Catch me in Canva, babe. Oh my God, Canva so fun. Not sponsored. (laughs) Not sponsored? Yes. Yes. Canva, if you're listening. We want an offer code. (laughs) (laughs) I only have so many emails to get the free trial. Yeah, exactly. We're shuffling right through them. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. So this will be the first one. I was feeling like, I mean, 2023 is in like five seconds. Yeah, it's around the corner. It's truly around the corner. And this is something I just do so sporadically um, that also near distant being a little bit amorphous felt like less stressful than like an impending date mm-hmm. looming. More so. ambiguous, interpretive. Look, we're Pisces. Okay. We swim we in swim the ambiguity. In the ambiguity. I just blanked on like what the term is. For what? There's fixed, cardinal. Mutable. Mutable. Muty babies. Muty babies. Yeah. My pronouns. <laughs> That's um, right. <laughs> um, yeah. So something just like a little bit amorphous felt more comfortable, I guess. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we were talking a little bit earlier today about talking about the near distant future is really hard because there's just not a lot to latch onto. I just feel like, yeah, coming out of slash still being in COVID is like, that's the whole crux of it, right? Like, are we in it? Are we not? Like, what, what is now? (laughs) What is the future? Where have we been? <laughs> like, everyone is, like, topsy-turvy, I feel like. And then there's all, like, I don't know. There were, like, years of people getting, like, stimulus money. And now I feel like, uh, I feel Which like... Which is still a joke, by the way. The uh, amount of money that people were getting was tragic. Yeah, for sure. And then now, though, so much inflation. Not getting the stimulus money anymore. And just things being unpredictable and all over the place. And I feel like feeling like you missed out on so much, but now it's so expensive to do anything. Like, I don't know. It's just a lot of choices to be making in the here and now. So it's like, how can I think of like what the future is going to look like when I don't even know what today looks like. That's really true. That's a good point. Um, at work, like doing research in the financial technology, technology space fintech as i learned I, we were talking to Devin <laughs> yesterday and she said fintech and i was like huh and then i was like financial tech who needs more than that who needs more than that look we could really go on a rant there hopefully we'll, we'll get Devin on the pod neater neater um but yeah in that space we have like done a lot of actually she and i have done a lot of research um and other people at work um on like behavioral economics and a big thing that has come up is just like the limited bandwidth people have to make decisions so you can apply that to like anything like over the course of a day if you have the more decisions you have to make like the more energy and like mental capacity it takes Mm -hmm. so now even like I think thinking about the future is really hard because it used to be like what if we like 
go to war with Russia. And now it's like, what if we were at war with Russia after they invaded the Ukraine and gas prices have gone through the roof because like the oil companies have just seen it as an opportunity. And at the same time, there's like all this like inflation on like food and like there's like so many different things that have happened. It makes it really hard to anchor onto something where it's like, I think for our parents' generation, it was like, they were living in like the good fucking times, like the nineties, everything was like amazing. They had just come out of the eighties where people were like doing coke, like in restaurants, like <laughs> high rolling. And I think like they could at least anchor on like, Oh, we like, we being like America, America, like air quote, won the cold war. Like it's good times. And now I think like fast forward 30 years later, we're like, we are like living in, a dystopia like none of like all of like the inflation and like things that we've just talked about like could have happened if we had lost the cold war it's kind of like our reality just isn't that much different or probably isn't that much different than if like russia had air quotes won the cold war wait what <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, like, thinking about, like, we just had Roe v. Wade overturned. Right. Gas prices are horrible. People can't afford <clears throat> rents. Like, people are working constantly to try and be able to afford, like, basic goods. So you're saying it's back to cold four vibes. Well, it's just sort of, like, if if you had told our parents, like, this is, like, what our experience would be like, where it's, like, so difficult to pay for basic goods. Yeah. And they like, they talk like, about it now. Yeah. Like my parents are like, Oh my gosh, everything in the store is so expensive. And it's like, yeah, right. but they would have been like, did we win the cold war? Or did we lose it? Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Just because it's like, if we were like, we all know that America is a scam. Right. Yeah. But it's like, I think now it's really showing. And so I think even like, I think even that story of like the American dream is like what people have, you see, like, fucking conservatives have been, like, clawing into that story, trying to, like, make people believe it. And it's, like, the experience of being in America is, like, struggle. So even, like, the, I think the American dream, people are not able to, like, anchor onto it and envision their futures. Yeah, there's cracks in that foundation. Yeah. So, yeah, I think thinking about the near distant future is really hard. Yeah, because... The idea of, like, yeah, if the foundation is cracked, then, like, what is this structure supposed to look like? If yeah. we're having to, like, reformulate that. Yeah. If our vision of, like, what the dream was is so evidently not coming to fruition anymore. Yeah. Part of it, I think, is, like, exciting. Because you're, like, and I think a lot of people are doing this. Of, like, oh, that means I can just, like, figure out how to like do art full time like mm. I went to a little zine making workshop um with like a friend's former co-worker who was like fuck it I'm just gonna try and like make enough money to live off of my art um and like so they've been doing that successfully so far but it's kind of like I think because things are crumbling it's like okay well now is like the time to try different things that maybe, yeah. like, we wouldn't have had, like, the same sort of, like, access to. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see, like, this whole shift, too, of, like, all these people who move from, like, more coastal, liberal, expensive places during COVID move to 
Boise, Phoenix, Florida, Texas, like still more major cities, but like cheaper and typically more conservative. And like, what is the like landscape of the country going to look like with that change? I, okay, I agree. However, I was watching TikTok the other day and um, I forget their name, but like this TikToker uh, makes these like pretty um, turbo spreadsheets, mm-hmm. like looking at like all of like the politics, gun violence, like all of this stuff for all the 50 states. And then people will write in and be like, uh, just like asking questions. And someone was trying to troll him and was like, um, when are like, when are like blue states going to realize like they have like the highest crime rates or something. And then, so he goes through the spreadsheet and like, Mississippi. Well, no. So what he does is he's like, okay, like, let's look at like violent gun crimes. Like, let's look at DUIs. Like, let's look at like robberies. And it's all the highest is like in conservative states. But then the next video was about, um, was about that. And he gets into like the fact that like cities full stop are progressive. It's like the rural areas are not. Mm-hmm. And so that's when it gets into like why gerrymandering is such like a huge issue. Mm-hmm. And like the way that we like have structured like the voting system is like, it's not that everyone in Arizona is conservative. Some might argue that like if, if the majority of people are living in cities, like they're not. But because of the way that, like, voting is structured, like, those are not, like, the representatives that we're getting in Congress. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. Especially, I don't know, like, I don't know. I had, like, I don't know how it all works, but, like, bigger cities like that where there's so many, like, pockets and ways of, like, mapping. There's, like, wealthy areas and, you know, lower income areas and just how it all comes together. I don't know, but... But you're living in a rural place right now. Yeah. Very conservative. Very conservative. A lot of let's go Brandon vibes. Woof. Well, so what do you think that is going to look like in the next six months to three years? I don't know. I feel like, I mean, I grew up there and over the past, you know, 20 years of remembrance, like I don't, feel like a ton has changed like it's modernizing I guess like when I grew up you like every business was closed on Sundays and like you couldn't buy liquor outside of a liquor store and like I don't know I feel like there's more bars and like it's just like a tap room and like whatever yeah (laughs) literally and so I feel like in some of those ways it's like modernized I guess but like still very like conservative values a lot of it is just like, I mean, it's highly white and like, a, it's very Dutch and Christian. And so it's very homogenous. And I think it has like diversified a little bit, but even then it's just like such a high number that I don't know how much impact that has, but I think it will continue to diversify because it's things like Bellingham next door becoming more expensive different people who wouldn't have necessarily lived in Linden before I think have moved there because of like housing and like the world just being more globalized in general. And like all of that movement and commuting stuff is just so much more normalized. Whereas like it used to be just like more 
Linden kind of was its own like little rural community, but now I think it's much more connected. Yeah, Probably. become like a satellite a little bit. Yeah, I think so. And I think it'll continue to move that way. Mm. But, and I don't, like, it's hard to say, but like, I think, you know, overall, like agricultural, like business has diminished. Like a lot of like farmlands are like sold. And so I don't think it's just because like it's being outsourced to, from other countries, like imports. Um, but like, yeah, I wonder about that for like, and um, like the future of the community. And just like, I wonder if people there are as invested in that as they used to be from like family businesses. I'm not really sure. Yeah, that is a good, good point. Yeah, as you're like talking, I'm like, oh, it's such like a horrible idea to like outsource that to like other countries. Like, I think especially thinking about like, I don't know, like the global supply chain of cars right now and how like people who like want to buy new cars are like getting on wait lists, like where they won't get their car for like, I don't know, four to six months or something. It's like, it just makes me wonder if like we're outsourcing like all of our food to like different places. Like if those global supply chains were impacted for whatever reason, for example, COVID um, or something like that. It's just like, really hamstringing yourself so to speak yeah and I don't know like a ton of it but I do know just like from like even being in San Diego like San Diego used to have like tons of farms and there's like none now yeah basically like there's literally almost none look if you want to go to a lavender farm for a cutie little yoga retreat like they do have that in Spring Valley but yeah for the most part yeah so I'm like and that's where I'm like, I don't really know where all this is coming from. I'm just assuming it's being out, like, imported. But I don't know, like, all the details. So, and that's like, they're building more houses, so it's taking up more land. They're building more commercial stuff. Like, that's just, like, how population goes, you know? So that's, like, taking up agricultural space that used to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, like, you're making... How many 15,000 doors a day for commercial doors a day? Yeah, a lot of houses to build. <laughs> there's so there's demands, right? Well, 1,500 all kinds of doors or 1,500? 15,000 doors at Linden Door a day, like in the commercial whole, and, and residential. And yeah, residential. Okay. Mm-hmm. three million a year. That's a lot of doors. It's a lot of doors. It's just, like, interesting where all those doors going. Like, all across the country, but, like, also primarily on, like, the West Coast, because their distribution isn't, like, so far, isn't set up, like, super wide. So those three million doors are primarily on the West Coast alone. So I guess, like, we could stipulate that in the next six to three years, there's going to be at least nine million new doors. Yeah. Approximately. Is that fair to say? I mean, I would guess so. Because I think, you know, like the past few years, it's been like consistently around 3 million. That's kind of wild to think about. In three years, there'll be 9 million new doors for people to walk through. Just from one door company. And that's one door company alone. Yeah. It's pretty wild. It's wild to think, does everyone, like, 
what is like the ratio of people living in America to the amount of doors in America? I don't know. That would be really interesting. But I mean, like even around me in like your apartment, I can see there's like one, two, three, four alone, at least in your apartment. Yeah. And you live alone. So that's four so one, one bedroom. Folks. <laughs> yeah. So we're looking at a two to one ratio of doors. So we're not even including the doorways because I have some doorways that don't even have doors. Yeah. There's potential for more doors in this place for sure. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> really not meeting the full door potential here. I'll admit that. I'll admit yeah. that. I'm the first to admit it. And and imagine if America moves away from like an open floor plan <laughs> back to back to rooms. Wait, people are getting offices again. <laughs> the open floor plan is dead in the dead. office. Yeah. In the commercial space. It be, even residential. True. Yeah. Like having a, a living room that you're walking into, like oof. Who wants that? I don't know. It sounds suffocating. <laughs> it really does. I don't think... I mean, who knows? Things operate in patterns and cyclically, so... Cyclically. Okay, then... Okay, tell me more. What's going to happen in the next three to three years? <laughs> we're, we're going back to Victorian era. Like, everyone's getting parlor. <laughs> I could see people getting, like, Victorian era, like... Like, frilliness. The kind of, like, excessiveness. Like, the... Only- Lace and fringe. The ornate detailing, yeah. But, like, the Baroque, the Rococo, like... I mean, as a Maxinista, I am already there. So I am ready for everyone to join me. Like, get yourself to the garage sale, the thrift store, like, throw everything you've ever seen into a room. That's what I do. (laughs) I mean, look around. A, a, A bass bottle opener from Marshalls. Like, it's going on top of my you know, random plastic container in my room. It's very interesting, like, the creation of, like, the maximal aesthetic. Well, it's so interesting because right now, like, as we always like to talk about, like, the world revolving around Kim. And, like... Uh, we? (laughs) Me. I. (laughs) The babe in the room. (laughs) But, like, she, like, is often you know, not necessarily, like, well, I guess she does, like, trendset, but also I feel like she just is so much just, like, embodying what a trend is and, like, making it bigger, I guess. Mm -hmm. But, like, the minimalist vibes and, like, her house and how it looks like a morgue. I don't know. Which is weird, though, because it's, like, yeah, she has been known to, like, doesn't she like just like having like nothing on the walls, like white walls, white walls, like white really furniture. tall ceilings? Yeah, yeah, like. But it's like is... even her minimalism is maximalist. Well, because everything's like the couches are huge. It's the Texas proportions. Yeah, yeah, but with the marble countertops are fucking huge. It's like yeah. it's just funny that it's like I'm a minimalist. I like a simple aesthetic. It's like no, you don't. Like yeah. you are the void in a bombastic way. Yeah, so it's interesting. And then her, like, clothing right now, too, is just, like, very monochromatic. Like, I'm wearing a cat suit, you know? Oh, my so. God. She, like, waddles around. And I was like, well. <laughs> Yeah, velour, like. <laughs> well, aren't there those videos? Wasn't there one where she was, like, in that, like, latex thing? And she just, like, was moving, like, two little inches at a time because it was so Probably. tight. Yeah. I mean, and that controversy of the Maryland dress and... The, People love to talk about the, the damage of whether or not she caused and how much, but like Ripley said, it was fine, so it's fine. But um, 
like, yeah, she couldn't walk in that apparently because it was so tight. And yeah. I, I don't know. Now I'm like getting the hot waters, like the dieting, like, Oh my God. Oh God. What have I done? Who knew? I just, I wanted to reference where is her, her Kim, walk. Where is Kim Kardashian going to be in six months to three years? That's my question to you. I mean, it's so interesting because she just released the skin collection, which absurdly is like, it's like nine products. It's like $750 for the whole package. Like, I don't know. I've heard good things, but like insanely expensive. Are they just like tummy flatteners or something? Are they like... No, it's skin products. It's like a cleanser and like... Oh, I thought, doesn't she have something called... Are those skims? Skims. That's like... Okay, so she started Skims as, like, shapewear, like, very Spanx-esque. Yeah. And, like, very iconically, her, like, her boob tape, her body tape was, like, the shit. But, like, I think they stopped making it because of, like, it being so, I mean, I, this is, the my guess, is, like, it's sticking so much to, like, people's skin and, like, maybe Oh, my God, damaging. giving them chemical burns. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, now it's, like, a clothing line. And very like loungewear, like athleisure esque. Also, like lingerie. We're talking like fine mesh. Like everything she does is like a material release. So it's like the ultra fine mesh collection I just saw on her Instagram. Mm-hmm. So that's like, you know, like a little ultra mesh brief or whatever. But then she's also got like the cozy collection. It's like super soft. Like, I don't know what, what it is. Like, just like a. I, I have no idea. But, like, kind of like that fuzzy... So, basically, she has two different product lines, but the names are basically the same. Sounds yeah. lazy. Um, <laughs> for someone who's so obsessed with working. Or so branding. It's good branding, maybe. Tell us more. Well, I mean, the skin is S-K-K-N for Kim Kardashian. Wait, wait, wait. S-K-K-I-N? No. S-K-K-N. No um, vowels. Skin. Skin. <laughs> Indeed. Skin. If you will. It's one letter away from skunk. Yeah. Tell her about Continue. it. <laughs> um, and then skims, obviously, is just Kim with S's on the ends. Yeah. So, I mean, and she had to step away from KKW Beauty now that her and Kanye are divorced. Wait, what did that stand for? Kim Kardashian West? Yeah. Kanye Kanye West. He Kanye keep Kanye it. West. He might keep it. What's his middle name? I have no idea. I couldn't tell you. I might look it up. You but look anyways, up. back to the near distant future. Yeah. So she released a skincare line. What's happening? I don't know. I think it's very interesting because like th- there's all these celebrity brands now, which like, I don't, I don't know. Like there's so many, I feel like the future only holds more. I feel like it started with makeup and now it's like clothes and skincare is like the new I don't, the new it girl. The new it girl. And so much money. I think this is because of COVID and people spending so much time at home, like doing all like the self-care stuff because there was some jack shit but else to do. even before that, like the 10 step, like Korean skincare regime was yeah. like really gaining a lot of popularity. Which I think, you know, comes back to like this kind of like interesting, like self-help modern take of like, capitalism you know of like this is things we do to take care of ourselves but also like intertwined with like beauty standards obviously which I don't know I feel like I'm a little hot in my takes because I'm just like who doesn't want to be beautiful like 
why am I to be blamed? (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know. I always do this with the Kardashians too of like, people are like, oh, they're setting like unfair beauty standards. And like, sure, people can say that like they buy their influence, like maybe, but at the same time, I'm like, they're the most, some of the most followed people in the world. So it's like, it's a democratic process of like what people are deciding is beautiful too. It's like, if people didn't think they were beautiful, they want to fucking look at them and inspire to be them. Yeah. So it's like, it's also like a societal like decision. It's sort of like, it's not like they, they're just existing. Like, sure. I mean, Kris Jenner, honestly, yeah, they're doing working a lot more than to be existing. in front of your face existing. They're working really, really hard to be in front of your face <laughs> yeah. all the fucking time. So it's like, is it that democratic? Because, like, I don't have the access to, like, buy my way on to, like, a Saturday Night Live and, like, force you to look at me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no, it's true. So it's sort of like, okay, like, it is kind of democratic, but it's also, like, there are so many different, like, people... Um, like a friend of mine, Nafisa, hey Nafisa, fellow Pisces, um, started this modeling agency like a couple of years ago and, um, it was all about finding sort of like regular people, like everyday people. And so she would just be scouting like out in like Toronto, New York, just finding like gorgeous people out and about, which is something that's like, she has an eye. I wouldn't say it's necessary. Like, so it's not like she's democratically like putting people up for a vote on Instagram because like mm-hmm. it's also like who has access who has like the time with the Kardashians like you have to have money to, in order to like be a counter narrative to yeah. like the standards that they're setting yeah and I mean they, they're definitely doing like the jabbing the poking the prodding the cool sculpting like the filler like whatever the fuck they're, they're doing, doing literally all of it yeah so it's like so I think I'm not saying it's natural but I think they do kind of front on that a little bit and like I think they should be more accountable in that space Completely, because it's, like, if you're, like, a 10-year-old, like, little child looking at, like, oh, this is supposed to be, like, what the feminine body presents as, it's, like, yeah, like, young young girls, young femmes are going to be, like, I can't attain that. Like, Mm -hmm. why don't I look like that? Like, there's, like, bound to be some, like, dysmorphia around, like, why don't I look like this? And it's, like, well, you don't have access to cool sculpting and, like lip injections and yeah and whatever. all that shit is so expensive. and then on the other side it's like the masculine like they're going to also be hypercritical of like why like i feel like some dudes don't even know that like people have stretch marks you know what i mean it's like yeah if, if we're starting if that's like our current baseline it's like how is anyone ever going to be able to like live up to like kardashian level body standards yeah and like like photoshop and stuff too like with the stretch marks, it's like that gets taken out of so much stuff. And like, it is unnatural the way that like photos of people are presented to us, especially like in the celebrity space. And like now you could say that's like a little more democratic because people can use like FaceTune or FaceApp or whatever. And I don't know, there are people that are like, I'm embracing like my blemishes and like whatever. And like, I think power to you, but at the same time, power to the people who want to be like, I'm blurring that shit out. You know, like, I want to be beautiful too. Like, let me use FaceTune. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is, is that like, everyone is beautiful. Kind of like, do what you want. Do whatever, right. do whatever makes you like, feel comfortable. Exactly. But I think like, the thing, 
that, because it's like, I don't disagree with the fact that like, yes, it is democratic to a degree of like what society is like deeming beautiful. But it's also like, we can't ignore like the fact that like the Kardashians, all of the sisters have like co-opted historically, not even historically, they've, they've just like co-opted black features, mm-hmm. like, like bigger butts, fuller lips, like the whole Kim Kardashian trying to fucking rebrand cornrows, like all of these things. And like, yeah, they're not fully white, but they are fully passing. And like, they have like made so much money off of like taking these like features from people who used to like be fully like demonized, vilified, made fun of, like harassed for like how they look. So it's kind of like, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't like quite go far enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear that. I mean, I am understanding of all critiques. Look what they did to Jordan. (laughs) I know. What did they do to Jordan? I mean. Jordan Woods, come on. I mean, she's, she's still out there though. Yeah, but like it's like hawking her version of lip gloss or whatever she's doing. She's doing something extensions. That. She's know. probably not using any vowels either. <laughs> I hope she's not. J R D N W D S. That's my hot take on the Kardashians. There's a lot of hot takes to have, and I think they're all valid. I just think it's also interesting to like see the way that they do move culture. You know in those ways. And like, I I think it's like good to have those conversations and just be open of like, you know, like the appropriations and like the imbalance of like, yeah, you get to like walk around and like have this privilege and, but also be like, yeah, like with like the lips and stuff, like you get to walk around like that's so fine for you. And like people think you're beautiful, but like constantly, black women it's like not perceived the same way Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and it's like we just like haven't come that far as a society really no one thing I thought was interesting that we were talking about this morning though that I will give Kim some credit for is like the fact that she does have a huge platform and she has been doing her, her lawyerly things. She's been getting legally blonde on us. She has completely. Which we love. Yeah. And I like, it's like, you can be as critical as you want of Kim. Like, I mean, she's a public figure, like by all means, but I do think it's like fair to like compare to other people, like even within her own family and like, no one else is doing that. So it's like, I think credit is due for like a little bit of like what she's doing of like defending people and advocating for them. And they show a lot more of it this past season too. And like a lot of like heartfelt conversations she's been having with trying to like grant people clemency and stuff. Um, Not her granting it, but you know, getting granted. (laughs) I would love in the near distant future if she became a fucking lawyer. Like, yeah, took just, the bar. Like, let's drop skims and get get into the law. KK law. It's, yeah. I think we need to rebrand that, actually. What would be, like, a cute, like, Kim Kardashian, like, lawyer, like, 
name for the firm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, because the other day I posted on my Instagram about how, like, her license-holding business name is, like, Kim's a Princess. And, like, there's this whole, like, strand of, like, different business names that the Kardashians have. And it's, like, King Kylie and, like, all this stuff. Like, they're so chuggy. So it's, like, I really don't think it'll be anything revolutionary. Like, KK Law is probably, like... I mean, they'll be smarter at the end the of the day claws. than that. But, like, I don't know how much more creative they're going to get. I mean, hopefully it's just not, like, a, you know, cancelable name, like, when she tried to do kimono. Wait, what did she do kimono for? So, which, originally, Skims was supposed to be called kimono. Why? Unclear. I mean, Kim, but other yeah. than that, like... Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. So, th- there was, like, this whole scene about how she, like, needs to, like, decide if she has to, like, relabel all the clothes or, like, what she's going to do. And, I don't know, I think she ended up, like, relabeling everything and she went with Skims, which I think is a way better name than Kimono in general, but. Yeah, Kimono is, like, a shockingly bad name for the product. <laughs> it's, like, really bad and so out of touch. Like, it makes zero sense. I didn't know. Yeah, she almost pulled a Scarlett Johansson on us. Yeah, so. Saved by something. I don't know what it was exactly that got that ball rolling, but no kimono. R.I.P. Well, what else, what else are we thinking for like the near distant future? Like, it sounds like you see the Kardashians continuing to like wield a lot of influence, rural areas to continue being conservative. I think so. I mean, as much as the world turns and there's changes, I think so much of it stays the same. I mean, look at fucking Ravi Wade. Where are we? (laughs) Well, with that, it's like, I think this is not a new take at all, but it's like, look at the way that conservatives have been grassroots campaigning against Ravi Wade for the past 50 fucking years. Like, yeah. But we talk about too, like the thing is that there actually has been a lot of change in public opinion on abortion. So there has been a lot of change there. The power structure is still like the so power structure is the same. Fucked up though. Well, the power structure is the same, and it's like completely minority rule now because like the conservative minority is like lobbied so hard and gerrymandered so hard, and like put so much money into like continuing to exist and like yeah. And I don't know. I don't know what what kind of answer there is there. I think that like something that I mean, I was just reading an article about like balance of checks and like powers in government and how like it's just disproportionately unchecked in the Supreme Court. It really is, yeah. So I think that like changes there would be excellent. <laughs> um I don't know. Like the Supreme Court to me is just such an odd thing in a way too. Cause I'm like, why the fuck are these people deciding? Like it's not democratic enough like you shouldn't be able to have an opinion as nine justices that is so vastly different than the majority of america like but like the thing is what's interesting is cornell west um once was i forget where i saw him talking about this it was like some video but he was saying like the supreme court does not always do that like the supreme court voted to over uh, overturn like um, segregation, right? Like Brown yeah. v. Board of Education, nineteen fifty four. Like 
know, the majority of Americans didn't want that. There are those examples. So it, it, it I think is the so difference, hard. The difference is that they're like rolling it back and taking something away. Yeah. That's like the difference with this Supreme Court. But I think... How many women are on the Supreme Court? Like one, two? Well, now it's like that like sunken-eyed Amy Coney. Oh, Amy Barrett Coney or whatever. A monster. And, and, and then, then Katanji. And Sonia Sotomayor. Okay. So we have so three. So there's three. Three women. Katanji's so new, though. Like, she wasn't in on this. <laughs> yeah. But I like, don't know. I don't know enough about this, unfortunately. Nor do I. But I remember, like... Okay, I'm... R.I.P. R.B.G. I'll just say that. Fuck R.B.G. is what I will say. <laughs> is that that old wench should have retired <laughs> when Obama could have replaced her. Yeah, Although sure. I'm not saying that Mitch McConnell wouldn't have tried to, like... I'm just saying we still would have had Roe, at least. If she were still alive, sure. Right, yeah. Yeah. That was my main RIP, but yeah, I'm sure she's deeply problematic, too, as everyone is. I am. (laughs) Who isn't? I mean, I'm sure there's some. I was trying to look up, while we're talking, FDR had tried to, like, pack the Supreme Court, and, um, yeah, basically, like... The Supreme Court was against the New Deal and Social Security okay. at that time. They were, like, giving people enough money to, like, live once they're not working age is, like, wrong. And FDR was like, no, I think, like, people should be able to, like, live. Um, hot take. Yeah, revolutionary. Yeah. So, basically, he was, like, saying, like, I'm going to pack the court unless, like, you dumb fucks, like, approve this. And... Um, Really? I don't even remember learning a lot about this in history. It's kind of something I've seen floating around on the gram and something I will be doing a little bit more research on. Maybe I'll add a little, you know, educational yeah. hot take after this ramble. But um, there is, like, a precedent. Like, even, like, saying that you're going to pack the court will get Threatened. Yeah, people to change because of what you're saying of, like, there is, it's not really, like, a fair balance of power. Well, it is so hard because it's, like, yeah, everyone in this country is, like, a numb nut. So it's, like, there's, it's, like, yeah, the public Ourselves opinion. Included. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, public opinion might be wrong and, like, the Supreme Court might be wrong. So it's just, like, I don't know. Things aren't perfect. So how are you going to, like, balance it, I guess? But like, I guess that's, like, the power. Like, that's, like. You're supposed to be fucking smarter is the thing. Like, but I think that also it, that, that, really, that really gets into it, though, right? Like, the whole, look, you really want to get me on a confusing rant that doesn't quite make sense? The way <laughs> I, we I open the show, much? <laughs> like, let's talk about, like, the scientific revolution and, like, the obsession with, like, Cartesian dualism, the, the supremacy of, like, the mind over the body. There, That's, like, the, the belief that people who work in, like, more academic things, such as law, which is just so fucking bureaucratic and like like a labyrinth of like confusion right to like figure out like what's air quotes allowed all of this shit that like we make up as a society right like but at the same time the respect isn't given to people who are manual laborers who like work with their hands like the way that they know how to build a foundation, for example, or harvest food is not seen as genius, even though it is genius. And so it's like, if you have people who think because they know how to figure out loopholes are the smartest people in the room, 
like proverbial room, like there's always going to be an issue where it's like, just because you know how to like solve for an equation or solve for like a legal loophole doesn't mean that you should have precedence over anyone else's like autonomy. And I think like we've, I mean, I don't even know that we've like handed over the keys because we're born into like what we're born into, but like, yeah, I think there's definitely like this, this false pretense that people who are air quotes smart are also like ethical or like give a fuck about people. Like truly. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, that actually made a lot more sense than whatever you said at the beginning. <laughs> but um, I think, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, me saying being smarter is more like me saying like, if you're going to be in charge of a nation, I don't care where you're like smarts is coming from, but like you just should be smarter if you're in charge. Like you have a responsibility to be making like the right decisions when that's literally your job to make the right smarter though because it's like it's about having like caring yeah i guess this is why i think it would be sick if like to be president it's like jury duty like a random person in america between the ages of 25 and we'll say 60 because I don't, anything over that. It's too much. You're a scammer. Um, love you. Yeah. Ages podcast. I was going to say love you, mom and dad, but. You do. (laughs) Wait, did I say 70 or 60? You said 60. Okay. Now I love them. Um, (laughs) but they're tired. They don't want to be president. Um, but wouldn't it be interesting if it was just jury duty? Like you just rock up, you figure out what has to be done. Like, what do you mean? Like, like someone's appointed? Yeah. No, it's it's not like it's not Just, it's not like you campaign for your whole life, do like politics forever. It's like you get a letter in the mail and it's like written Johnson, like you are president from 2023 to 2025. And then you just have to go be president of the United States of America for two years. I like think jury duty. This is a critically flawed system. <laughs> <laughs> but why? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's I know some people out there that I 100% don't want to be the president. It's true. It's also like jury duty. Like all the people who should be on jury duty who like have half a brain cell, like, <laughs> but like are busy, like having to work for survival are yeah. figuring out ways to avoid jury duty. So mm-hmm. probably the same thing would happen. The fact that like no one wants to do it. Like everyone's always trying to get out of that's what I'm saying. Like throwing away their yeah. <laughs> orders. I don't live here anymore. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I think there's something to be said about having a, you know people of a lot wider experiences in politics in general than uh, like being Ivy League educated. Like, who gives a fuck? Not me. I'm not going to name names, but it's not me either. And I don't know. I just think it's so hard. Like, I think it is like, there is so much, um, like power in the idea of being an intelligent person for so many people, but I'm just like, who cares? Like, I don't, I'm not, I don't feel like I need to be smart, you know, personally, like I'm just a person with my opinions and I feel how I feel. And like, I feel like educated enough, but I'm not. Like, if I don't know how to spell something, I'm not, like, oh, my God, what's happening? No. And anyone who would, like, shame you for spelling something, 
wrong is it's so indicative of like a people I don't like. Like, yeah. like I'm almost intentionally like you know. dumb so that I can weed out the people that I know I won't like. Test the waters. Like we know it there you meant. Like there's no need for Like sorry, I'm just typing a mile a minute. You you're listening to this podcast, you know I'm not checking the spell check. Who has time? Not me. And I don't have autocorrect and I don't correct my tax. And I say if you can't read it, that's on you. Look, raw, unfiltered. You get what you get. Absolutely. Okay, so I just want to recap a little bit. Yeah. Um, because your new distant future, I think, is looking like conservatives stay the same. Kim K maybe has a couple more lines. For sure. Is maybe doing, you know, KK Law. Maybe, and hopefully. I would hope so. I think that's the the brightest spot. Yeah. Yeah. Like, maybe, I don't like Pete, but, like, maybe she can just step away with Pete and, like, become a lawyer. That'd be cool. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Make all of Staten Island a law firm. <laughs> Which would be very suspect, actually. Yeah, like, I don't know about that one. Don't, but doesn't he rep Staten Island? He does, yeah. yeah. He lives there, I guess, in his mom's house. Cute. Yeah. It's, what a millennial. Such, Yeah poster boy we love that he really is well i'm curious to know um like if you could snap your fingers and everyone in the world did like two or three things to live in the future that you want that you would actually want to live in what would those things be i think like one of the biggest things is like not having litter like there's so much litter around and i think there's garbage yeah like garbage and like i think there's so much to be said of like respecting the place that you're in and how you like what your space looks like really affects how you feel about it and i think by keeping things like nice people like want to keep that momentum up you know it's like even when you do chores around your house or like whatever like it looks so nice. You want it to be nice. You want to be living a healthy lifestyle when you feel like you're in a clean space. Like it's just mentally clutter free. So let's clean up the planet y'all. I think so. I think, and like, that's every individual, like taking okay, the initiative so like, of themselves, you know, like. So the, it's like an actual tangible thing. Like, I think people should throw their shit away and not like leave it on the street. And like, also, do it for other people. You know, like, if there's garbage on the street, like, just pick it up. Because, like, it's just, like, one of those ripple effect things, I think. That, like, if an area is generally more clean. Like, I go to my aunt's house. She's, like, clean freak. Like, pr- pristine conditions. And it's, like, I don't want to muck up this room. And not everyone feels that way. But if everyone could feel that way, like, my aunt's house would just always be clean. And I think you're more prone to feel, like oh, I got to keep this clean if it's already clean. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's like momentum. Yeah. What's something else that people could do? Um, get common sense. <laughs> I said a tangible thing that people can do. <laughs> I think like really small grassroots donations are like great. Like just give $5 because if everyone's giving $5, like that adds up so fast. So you know, like, like maybe like one time a month or whatever, you're like, I'm not going to get 
classic. That coffee. You know. Fuck <laughs> I'm not going to get that avocado toast. I'm going to get a mortgage. <laughs> you know, but like, literally, like, if even to like find something you can just put on auto pay like you're not gonna miss the money you're not even gonna know it was there like for most people like five dollars it's a tank of gas it's less than a tank of gas it's a lot less than a tank of gas it's less than a gallon of gas I don't drive (laughs) yeah but I don't know like and I think it's I prefer to like like it's so much easier to give money to like the American Red Cross or like whatever the fuck but like how are they using that money we don't want to know. We don't want to know. And, like, stop giving to them. Stop <laughs> giving to the American Red Cross. Not to be trusted. And so, like, pick something local that, like, you really care about, that, like, you think is cool, that, like, maybe you know some people that are involved, and, like, give them the money. Because, like, they need it so much more. And it makes so much more of an impact there. Yeah. Or pay your land tax to your local... Um, Native American nation, if they have land taxes set up. Like, here there's um, the Shumi land tax. So it goes to, like, the existing, like, Ohlone tribes in the Bay Area. You pay your land tax every year. I don't know. I think those two things would be substantial. I don't know. Like, I know the litter thing, like, might seem, like, weird. But, like, to me, I just, like... I feel refreshed by that. Like, I do that. It so. is kind of out of left field. I wasn't expecting that answer from you, but I really like it. My friend Rachel, when we were back in San Diego, um, she would, like, walk around the neighborhood with, like, a little, one of those, like, trash pickers and just, like, walk around Claremont and, like, pick up trash. I think people, like, I don't know. I think even just, like, for other people, they'll feel better if, like, the space in front of their house is clean. Like... I mean, that's so much work for, like, other people. But, like, it's just, like, I don't know. I think it's a nice It also just, like, speaks to the responsibility of, like, we're on a planet. Like, we're on, like, a living space that, yeah, deserves to be able to, like, breathe and be clean, like, the way, like, we do. Yeah, exactly. Like, I shower every day. Like, let's pick up trash. Let's pick up a couple pieces of trash. (laughs) The, The earth needs a shampooing. It does. It's deep clean. Not a dry shampoo. Okay? No. No. With bubs. Biodegradable. Uh, Thank you. Exactly. Thank you. Shampoo bar. Okay? Coconut oil. Um, Okay. Our time together has basically come to an end, so to speak. Um, To close, if you could hear anyone in the world talk about the near distant future, um, who would that be? They have to be alive right now. Yeah, they would have to be alive right now. Okay. I mean, I'm not. I wasn't thinking of anyone dead either, but I just seem to know where to narrow my search. <laughs> <laughs> um, Elon Musk. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my god, barf. <laughs> no. Um. Honestly, like this isn't like that original either. But I just find her such an interesting person to listen to. Like very articulate and like. I don't know, articulate, I guess. So, like, maybe uh, someone with an ability to, like, say the things that, like, might be rummaging around in my brain, but I can't articulate. But, um, AOC, I just think 
Mm. I don't know, like, she does those little, like, live videos, and I think that she just has, like, a nice way of, like, connecting with people, and I'm sure there's, like, so much access to me to, like, hear about what an idea of hers for the future, but, like, more, um, more, like, I don't know, directed in the way that, like, you run this show, like, would be interesting to hear from mm. her. It would be interesting. Okay. I mean, she's much more in touch with, like, or not in touch, maybe, but, like, much more. She's communicating with a lot more people than I am. So. She's hearing, she's hearing a lot more points of view than I am. So I'd be curious to see what her imaginings are. Totally. Especially if they include dismantling the system that she also, like, seems to hate working in. Yeah. It would be fascinating. And then, um... My last question, is there like any where you want to be found online or any projects or organizations you'd like to plug? Oh boy. Um, I mean, you can follow me on Instagram at hotrodbj. Um, other than that, anything else to plug? Projects worth coming, honestly. <laughs> yeah, we, we might have some projects in the works. So, I mean, if you're interested, I post a lot of like pop culture related polls and just opinions on on my instagram story so if you're intrigued check it out tune on in why not thank you so much let's go pick up some trash let's do it near distant is a production of me myself and i honestly but shout out to aaron gordon for the music